Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, and nana to nine. I'm also a 27-year veteran homeschooling mom and the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. This is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschool moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. I would love for you to check out any of those books. Um, You can look on Amazon and find them there. You can go to my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find the four-hour school day at pretty much um, any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I just mentioned. I would also love it if you would check out Homeschooling Today magazine. They are my favorite homeschooling magazine, hands down, uh, very much aligned with a same heart towards homeschooling um, that I have. And um, I write for them. I've uh, written for them for quite a while. And just the content is fantastic. And uh, the magazine is beautiful. It's just, it's not a magazine you would throw away. It, was de- it would definitely be one that you would keep and reread over and over again. So I encourage you to go check that out. Go to homeschoolingtoday.com. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you to all of you who faithfully listen and those who come in and out of listening. I'm just grateful for every single one of you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak into your lives and hopefully bring um, encouragement, inspiration, challenges um, that help you grow as a wife and a mom and a homeschooling mom and as a woman of God. And so um, I just wanted to just take a minute to, to thank you for being a listener and uh, thank you for being here. I know there are a lot of other things you could be doing, other people you could be listening to. I consider it a privilege to be able to be here with you today. I have a, a been struggling lately um, a lot. Um, you know, I, most of you know that our son, youngest son, was diagnosed with a disability, and I haven't gone into all the details on that because it's really, that's not really what I want to highlight um, when I'm talking to you on the podcast. Um, I think that the parts that you can really relate to are the the parts that we all struggle with as moms, whether we have kids with disabilities or not, um, it's trusting God, you know, for the future of our children. Um, our ability to be able to continue to be a good mom to each of these children and and to meet their needs um, the way that God wants us to. And, you know, this, all of this uh, so often brings us to a place of coming face to face with our humanity. And I am right there with you. Um, I have had just such a display of my impatience at times, my fears, um, reacting out of fear, um, and then turning around and having to just pour my heart out to the Lord, which is always a good thing, but sometimes a hard thing because it's just so messy that sometimes I just can't even put words to it. And so I just have to start just telling the Lord exactly how I'm feeling, specifically in that moment, and ask Him for what I really, really want. And so I just want to encourage you today to do the same thing. Whether you have a child with a disability or not, um, these struggles are just um, universal amongst us as moms. And so I just want you to know that even though I'm an older mom and, you know, God has 
graciously given me many, many, many years of parenting, uh, much of what I'm doing now is new. Or there are pieces of it, chunks of it that are new. And this is just the nature of being a mom. Um, But it's also a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to cling to the Lord and really grow in our relationship with Him. So wherever you are in your mothering journey, I just want to encourage you and, and let you know that I'm right there in the trenches with you. I recently received a letter from a mom who had a question about whether or not we should give gifts at Christmas. Um, this is what she had to say. This is, well, this is part of what she had to say. Why do we buy gifts on Christmas? Isn't it about celebrating the birth of Jesus? Isn't the culture and marketing influencing us to shop and shop? Hence the reason for lots of Santa advertisements plastered everywhere we turn. They can't make money on advertising Jesus. Is it really about shopping or why are we gift giving? Jesus is the ultimate gift, like you said, but I don't understand why we need to exchange gifts. Did I miss that somewhere in the Bible? So... Uh, she had more questions and more things to say, but I just want to unpack these few things, um, mainly for the purpose of talking about gift giving. Um, I know that that's probably a question, maybe you've never questioned it, but I feel like there are a lot of people who have questioned, why do we exchange gifts at Christmas? Especially the overwhelmed mom who's like, can we just be done already? <laughs> In fact, a few years ago, uh, I asked my husband, could we possibly dial things back just a little bit at Christmas time when it comes to gift giving? And, you know, he did not want to do that. He loves Christmas. He loves um, giving generously to our children. And I needed to honor that. And fortunately, he does help me with, uh, you know, helping pick things out and he'll do some of the shopping or whatever. But even if he didn't, um, I would want to honor that request of his. And um, as we go through the episode today, uh, I'm hoping that it'll be a little bit more clear as to why I think that's important. more than just for the reason of, you know, yielding to my husband and following his leadership. Um, because there, you know, that 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 question, I think this question she's asking is a legitimate question. Um, I'm hearing her heart and she's just wanting to please the Lord and not understanding, you know, how does all this commercialism fit into, you know, Christmas and, you know, is there an overlap? What do we do? Can we just, you know, just avoid all of it? Um, is this a ditch that we're we're falling into? So she has really, really good questions here. But um, a couple of things that I want to address before I dive into the to the. Uh, to the just the this topic um, as a whole, she talks about her question: Isn't the culture and marketing influencing us to shop and shop? Hence, the reason for lots of Santa advertisements plastered everywhere we turn. Um, it is annoying. I, I totally hear what she's saying. She's like, they can't make money on advertising Jesus, um, which is very true. But this is the world. This is you know, this is the world we live in. Um, I'm you know, they're not going to do things the way that believers would do things, and so um, they're chasing after other gods. We are not. And so um, that's one of the key differences here. And I'll explain more about that in just a minute. She's asking why we're gift giving. Uh, Jesus is the ultimate gift. I don't understand why we need to exchange gifts. Um, Did I miss that somewhere in the Bible? No. No, you did not miss that in the Bible. Um, But there are a lot of decisions that we make that the Bible doesn't give specific direction on. And one example of that, that that falls outside of the the holiday uh, topic is parenting. I've mentioned this before. As believers, we are standing on God's word 
as the final authority. We look to God's word and we say, okay, what does God have to say about parenting? Okay, so there's principles laid out in God's word when it comes to parenting. We're supposed to nurture our children in the, or to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're to train them, we're to teach them about his ways, we're to discipline them. But the methods can vary from family to family, from uh, child to child. It's some That's the part where we have to lean into the Lord and ask him for specific wisdom in how he wants us to walk out these principles. So um, I, I feel like that's kind of how it is with uh, with Christmas. It is it is a journey, and it part it's partly a unique journey. Um, it's a journey we share with other believers and with extended family, but it's also a journey we share specifically within our our um, immediate family as we build a family culture at home with the children, with our husband, and with our children. And so. Um, I do realize that the practice of gift giving has its roots in pagan practices. Uh, Some of you may know that, some of you may not. But these pagan practices revolved around winter solstice. Um, I recently kind of looked up the background a little bit on on gift giving. Where did it come from? So I'm going to read a little blurb from a website, um, and I'll include the link in the show notes for you to look at as well. Giving presents during this time of year is a custom that dates back to ancient Rome. Societies during that time exchanged presents as part of celebrating the winter solstice. With the establishment of the Christian holiday of Christmas, most of the pagan traditions died out, and this included gift-giving for a while. It was not until 336 AD that December 25th was officially declared as Christmas Day, and that gift-giving became more popular. The connection to the biblical story of the three magi and the gifts that they brought to the baby Jesus is often is often thought to be the reason for this. It was not until the fourth century that we have serious gift giving enter into the Christmas season on a worldwide scale. Widely referred to today as Santa Claus, the man who inspired the story of jolly old St. Nick was a Christian bishop named St. Nicholas. We discussed this um, in a previous podcast, uh, just a couple podcasts ago on simple gift giving. Legend says, this website goes on to say, legend says that he had a habit of secretly bestowing gifts upon the poor, including widows, prostitutes, and children. This attribute he possessed became closely tied with the Christmas holiday and evolved into the story of the jolly old elf we know and love today. So you can see how things sort of morphed and overlapped when uh, when it came to when it comes to how we ended up where we are in how we celebrate uh, the Christmas uh, holidays. But I find it interesting that with the establishment of the Christian holiday of Christmas, most of the pagan traditions died out, including gift giving for a while. I think that's interesting. So there was a pause there. And so what was laid down as a pagan practice um, with completely different motivation for why they were doing this gift giving, uh, Christians picked up and did it for a different reason. Um, And so I see 
a difference there. Um, I see, what I see is um, as believers, we take what Satan, uh, God takes what Satan means for evil and he uses it for good. And I think he can do that in such a variety of ways and in so many different ways, including ways like this, where Christians come in and we bring God's kingdom to earth. So we picked up this practice, but we did it as unto the Lord. And we did it as a pattern of gift giving like the Magi giving gifts to Jesus. Now I realize they were giving gifts to the Son of God, not necessarily to each other, but you get the idea. You can see the association there. And the legend of St. Nick is really amazing. I mean, he was a Christian bishop um, and he would secretly bestow gifts. I love that, the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing, like the Bible says. He, but he would bestow them on the poor, the widows, the prostitutes, and the children. Um, and I, I love that, you know, he sort of patterned uh, Jesus and and the way that Jesus walked his life out. Um, he was always paying attention to the needy and to those who uh, were were destitute. Um, he was he was there uh, to minister to them and and the lowly, and he was ridiculed for it. So you know, I just I, I think that this idea of gift giving is can be done with the heart of Jesus. And I think that's just something uh, we need to bear in mind as we're considering um, whether or not we're going to give gifts or not. Now, this mom went on to say that she's trying to raise their seven and eight-year-olds not to be consumers. So she limits them on gifts, even on their birthdays, because we've realized that too many options don't make them appreciate what they receive. And this is true. Um, This is true for all of us. We are we get spoiled really quickly. Um, we all have sinful natures, and our children do too. And so um, it's going to be normal and natural for them to be easily become selfish. And so um, what she's doing here by limiting them on their gifts and trying to teach them not to be consumers is just good parenting. And it's something that we would want to do not just at Christmas and birthdays, but we want to be good parents year round, you know? So this is, like I said, she's, this is just an example of good parenting. And so um, I think she's doing a great job there. She's setting boundaries. Um, again, these are all good things that we do as parents. And it's not necessarily just about Christmas and birthdays. It's about the whole year long. So, uh, but in terms of how that affects whether or not we celebrate at all through gift giving, there's a, a couple of things that I'd like to, to share with you. Um, I think that there is a tendency um, to kind of be maybe asking the question in the back of our minds, uh, how do we train our children to not want gifts? You know, I think that's that's something that a lot of parents uh, worry about at the Christmas season because there's there are ex- a lot of times extended family members who overdo it. Um, we can ask them not to, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to listen to us. However, we can navigate that with our children um, through good parenting. We can we can we can talk with them, we can walk through that with them in a good way. But the idea that we're trying to train our children to not want gifts, I don't think that's necessarily the motivation that we should have, especially during the holidays. I think that maybe um, the more important thing would be um, to recognize that our worst problem isn't that our children want gifts. It's um, 
it's if our children don't think they've already been given gifts already. So on the daily, are we teaching them to be grateful? Because what ends up happening is, um, you know, throughout the year, uh, we can keep a lid on things, you know, when it comes to uh, a lot of different things. When it comes to how we live our lives as families, uh, what our family culture is, um, even how we handle conflict, things like that. But nine times out of 10 during the holidays, that ends up being magnified. So if we're not teaching our kids gratitude throughout the year, that's just going to be magnified at Christmas time. So it's not, I don't see Christmas as the problem. I see training as the issue. That's the thing that we need to be focusing on and training throughout the year. Because if we're training well throughout the year, I think that we're hopefully going to see some fruit of that uh, during the holiday seasons. So um, our worst problem isn't that our children want gifts. It's having children who don't think they've already been given gifts. So simple things, uh, you know, throughout the day, every day, all year long, you know, kids complain and we say, do you have legs? You know, can you run? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have a warm bed? And just, we model that to our children, you know, stopping and looking around at the wonder of creation and out loud, just recognizing um, the the good gifts that he's given us in creation when we are sitting down to a good meal um, in the middle of the year. Look at this food that God has provided. These are the things we can say. You know, look at this food. That isn't this wonderful that we have food on the table? Um, you know, when I'm praying with my kids at night and I'm thanking God for the warm home that we live in in our cozy beds and praying for those who are living in cardboard boxes on the streets. You know, the, this is the kind of of gratitude that we want to grow in our kids, and that is a process. And so. Christmas is an opportunity to be able to see kind of where the hearts of our kids are. Um, but I think we need to look at it less as a uh, with the eyes of a police officer and more as the eyes of a detective. So where are we detecting um, character in our children that we might need to be working on in the coming year? Um, so... We don't want to necessarily train our kids to not want gifts because God loves to give us good gifts, right? We want to train our children to see the gifts that they are being given all the time. And I recently watched a webinar um, by Rachel Jankovic, or Jankovic, I'm not sure how you say her last name, but it was really good. It was called Dig Into Culture Building, and she talked about Christmas, but she talked about really um, how culture building starts in the home and how what we're doing at home just overflows into our churches and our communities. Um, but it starts at home. We can't be <laughs> that godly uh, Christian family um, out in the world if we're not that godly Christian family at home every day. And so just how important home uh, culture building at home is and kind of what that looks like. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to, to check that out because it was just a really, really awesome encouragement in our work at home. But uh, one thing that uh, I want to say is that learning to give gifts well you know, in terms of our children, learning to give gifts well starts by learning to receive them well. Um, and so, again, that goes back to looking at the gifts we've already been given that God has already poured out on us on the daily, moment by moment. Um, now, 
I'm just going to share my own perspective on gift giving when it comes to Christmas. Um, It is a unique journey for each family. Can I just say that? And I really want to encourage you to allow your brothers and sisters in the Lord to walk out their journeys um, without a lot of criticism. Um, Unless there's a sin issue, I really think it's important for us to give grace to one another. Um, I had a friend who um, they realized that Christmas, um, many of the Christmas traditions were rooted in in, in pagan uh, pagan type things, like I mentioned before. And so they decided one year that they were not going to celebrate Christmas. I don't know if they did absolutely nothing, but I just know that pretty much everything was axed. And so um, it was really interesting because she told me that I was the only person who sent her Uh, sent their family a Christmas card. And I think one thing she didn't realize when they made that decision, they didn't realize the ramifications of making that decision because what we have to recognize is Christmas doesn't usually just involve our immediate family. It involves extended family and friends and people we love. And so when we make decisions to not give gifts or not celebrate certain things, that doesn't just affect us as a family, it affects other people as well. And so what my friend realized was that doing what they did, um, and it was completely unintentional, ended up really hurting a lot of family members and bringing division in their family, uh, extended family. And uh, they just realized it wasn't worth it. Like that was not showing Christ's love to their family and extended family. Um, I don't mean their immediate family. I mean their extended family and friends who were really suffering because of it, you know? And so I know that I felt a sting when she just said that she was not going to do that. And I, 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 I thought, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. And it would have been easy for me to uh, be judgmental, to um, uh, to be critical, to think about how it affected me um, instead of allowing them the grace to walk through um, that holiday the way that God was. Uh, the journey that he had for them. They learned a lot from it and they they shared it with us later, but it was just such an interesting experience because it really taught me that, you know, we're all on a different journey and um, there were no sin issues involved there. They were really trying to please the Lord. And I knew that. I knew their hearts. And as much as I hated that they weren't going to participate, I, I had to respect that stance that they took because they really took it believing that they were doing the right thing and and feeling like they were honoring God in that. So I just want to throw that out there to remember the the people that are going to be affected by whatever decision that you're going to be made. And I'm not saying you have to make your decisions based on their reactions to you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just consider it prayerfully and, and then move forward um, in what you believe God is calling you to do. Okay, so um, here's my perspective on gift giving when it comes to Christmas. I think that it is a a glad giving and a glad receiving of gifts. That's how I've always looked at it. It is a joyful time. It is a reflection of the greatest gift, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm thinking as a parent, um, I look at my kids now um, and they exchange gifts and I love to see them buying gifts for each other and blessing each other. It doesn't 
take anything away from me to have my children having the joy of giving each other gifts, right? And I think that that might be God's perspective. He loves it when we love on each other. That is that is a gift to him is to see us joyfully receiving and joyfully giving gifts amongst um, amongst each other. But it's a reflection of the greatest gift, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I look at it as a type of continued gift giving, like Jesus gave the ultimate gift, and we are just continuing that practice. I mean, and we get to do it with just so much, um, oh my goodness, so such wonderful Christian roots with Jesus at the center with him as the reason for all of it. You know, there's nothing more um, effective than when unbelievers see believers having fun and being joyful and loving on each other and getting together as family and and having all of these wonderful uh, traditions and things that we do. And, you know, I think that um, the, the the families in our culture are so fragmented that when believing families um, just live out our faith in every area of our lives, including the Christmas, including Christmas time, and we do it in a magnanimous way at Christmas time, that 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 catches uh, an unbeliever's eye, and they wonder what is the hope that they want to know, like. Why do you have so much hope? Why do you have so much joy? And so it can be a real testimony of our faith. Um, So this gift giving is a continuation of what we are hopefully doing all year, noticing and joyfully receiving and giving the good gifts that God continually gives us. We're just doing um, what God does for us all the time. So the point is that we should always be looking at the giver and always be looking to Christ. Romans 11.36 says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory. And Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. So we're noticing and highlighting that all of it belongs to God. All of it belongs to Jesus. Christmas belongs to Jesus. And when we celebrate with joy and generosity, we are living that truth. We are bringing his kingdom into a world of darkness. And so one thing we really want to pay attention to is not to fall into the two ditches that are just ever ever present when it comes to the holidays. The first ditch we talked about a little bit earlier um, is commercialism. And commercialism is, is, at its very core, is disobedience to God. Um, It's essentially worshiping created things rather than the creator. Romans 125 says they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. So worshiping... What's happening with commercialism is people are worshiping the tools of remembrance rather than the one that we should remember. So they're doing Christmas the way Walmart or Macy's or social media or whoever is telling uh, telling them to. And so can we buy gifts without in, in participating in commercialism? I believe we absolutely can. 
because we are a redeemed people and we are a free people. You know, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we don't want to become slaves again to legalism. We don't want to become slaves to, you know, extremism. We want to be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word. And the truth is that we are free. I think about Paul, who is talking about um, those Christians who did not really recognized that they had the freedom to eat meat that was worshiped to idols because God had already said um, that he, that all things were clean. Like that, that old covenant was over. The new covenant was now, um, now it wasn't over. The, the old covenant was fulfilled through the new covenant. And so now, um, these believers had the freedom to eat whatever foods they wanted. They didn't have to not eat certain things or do things a certain way. Um, they had the freedom to eat that meat that was sacrificed to idols. And I don't know if you know the background on it, but uh, sometimes uh, meat that was sacrificed to idols would be sold in the marketplace. And uh, some people, if they knew that they were eating that meat, felt that it was it went against their conscience. And Paul said, you know, like, respect that. Respect the fact that they really feel like it's wrong to do it. And so don't uh, mock them because uh, they feel that way. Um, just respect that and basically uh, don't cause them to stumble. And so I think we need to keep that sort of attitude in mind um, when it comes to the holidays. Um, like I mentioned before, just that grace um, towards one another to walk out the journey the way that God uh, God leads. So, but we do not want to fall into the two ditches. Now, I mentioned the first one, which is commercialism. And sometimes in our attempt to run away from that quickly and as, and as hard and fast as we can, which I understand the motivation, um, we can end up kind of reacting out of fear and we end up um, falling in the other ditch, which is this ditch is a more common pitfall for believers. And it's this idea that anything material is unspiritual, you know, um, basically the, the fact that something is material or is fun or tastes good makes it inherently bad. That's kind of the, that's, that's kind of the uh, more, uh, you know, extended explanation of that particular philosophy, and it's called Gnosticism. And uh, if you do a little research on the history of Gnosticism, it was it was a problem uh, back in uh, in the in the days when the the Bible was being written. And uh, Paul does, uh, I believe, address some of those philosophies in the New Testament. So basically what we don't want to do is we don't want to fall in either of those ditches. Um, we don't want to um, forget that God loves to bless his people and he loves to see us receive those blessings with joy and with thankfulness. Um, commercialism, like I mentioned before, is is worshiping, essentially worshiping created things rather than the creator. And we know as believers that we, um, we walk out our lives uh, hopefully not trying to get from the world what it was never intended to give. And I think that's a good sort of explanation. If we're trying to get something out of gift buying or uh, that was ne that we were never intended to receive, joy, satisfaction, peace, those kinds of things, um, then we're, we're not aligning ourselves with a biblical view of Christmas. So hopefully that explains, um, explains it 
a little bit more. All right, so what I want to share with you is a, a life principle from Ecclesiastes, sort of highlighting um, the fact that we have the freedom to enjoy God's good blessings. Okay, so um, this is in, I believe it's chapter 9, verses 7 through 10. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Wow. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. That signifies festivity and celebration. You guys, we should be the most celebratory, happy uh, people on the planet. We've been saved. God has chosen us. He has put new life in us. He redeems us, um, forgives our sins. We are going to spend eternity with him. He's, his presence is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He pours out blessing upon blessing upon us. So we should be, of all people, the most joyful, the most celebratory. Okay, so this passage goes on to say, Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your life that he has given you under the sun because what that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. So he's basically saying, look, don't try to get out of this life and from this world what it, what it was never meant to give you. But at the same time, God has given you blessings here. Enjoy them, celebrate them. Let them give you life and energy to do the work that he's put in front of you. Because when we do our work, whether it's the work of celebrating Christmas or our everyday work or the work of celebrating birthdays, when we do our work with joy and vigor, when we celebrate with joy and vigor, we are proclaiming God to be a good and generous God. It is a reflection of the goodness of God. I want to share um, in closing with you uh, from the Matthew Henry commentary on that particular passage that I just read. It just sort of... Um, adds so much even more depth and understanding to that passage. Here's what he has to say. We must enjoy ourselves, enjoy our friends, enjoy our God, and be careful to keep a good conscience that nothing may disturb us in these enjoyments. We must serve God with gladness in the use of what he gives us and be liberal in communicating it to others and not to suffer ourselves to be oppressed with inordinate care and grief about the world. We must eat our bread as Israelites, not in our mourning, as Christians with gladness and liberality of heart. Make use of the comforts and enjoyment which God has given thee. Eat the bread, drink the wine, thine, not another's, not the bread of deceit or the wine of violence, but that which is honestly got. Else thou canst not eat it with any comfort, nor expect a blessing upon it. Thy bread and thy wine, such as are agreeable to that place and station, not extravagantly above it or sordidly below it, Lay out what God has given thee for the ends for which thou art entrusted it as being but a steward. And then he goes on to say, Not that we must place our happiness in any of the delights of sense or set our hearts upon them, but what God has given us we must make as comfortable a use of as we can afford under the limitations of sobriety and wisdom and not forgetting the poor. So he's saying celebrate in a way that reflects 
your family culture celebrate in a way that reflects the blessings that God has given you. So our regular lives and our celebrations should reflect the many facets of our faith and our own family culture, and they should be full of joy and generosity and fun. Remember that this will be a journey with your particular family as you dig in and build kingdom culture in your family, which will overflow into your church, your community, and beyond. So trust God to lead you. I would encourage you to talk with your husband. Ask him what he wants. I mentioned earlier the story with my husband. You know, I wanted to dial things back. He did not. And I saw there the generosity of God reflected in his heart. And so Talk to your husband. Ask him what's important to him. Talk to the kids. And then experiment. Try different things out. Um, And you'll end up just sort of being on a quest for the traditions and the things that God has for your particular family. And I'll be talking about family traditions in an upcoming episode. But trust God to lead you. Um, Don't fall into the trap of doing nothing because you're afraid to do anything. Um, Don't be paralyzed by fear. Remember that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. We ask that you would uh, just lead the hearts of... um, each family represented here. As the moms listened, I ask that you would just bring back to mind the things that you have for them. I pray just a blessing over the holiday season for them and their families, um, that they would celebrate and just remember and just marinate in the blessings that you have poured out upon them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.